Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is Gris Alves, your host, talking today about the mother womb and the lens of the mother womb through through trauma and trauma, really the trauma school and the trauma work that I've been that I've been doing. This is a little late here. So the the main one of the main things um, that I've learned uh, is just how how deep you know mothers can hurt us or 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 we as mothers can can help our ki- hurt our kids and the repair right so everything all of my work really has been about ever since i began this recovery journey 27 years ago the main word that i would always get was repair or repeat repair or repeat i don't know if it was a sponsor i had or in one of the retreats or one of the therapies that i was in but the there is that prospect, right? You're going to repair or you're going to repeat. And a lot of people are like, well, yeah, just let it go. I mean, this is how it is. Life is what it is. But I I have found that there's this longing inside of me. And I don't think I'm just the only one that longs to be better, to feel better, to connect with um, not just my own body, but with those around me, in particular, my mother. And the reason that this came up is because I was in a class a few weeks ago with everyone else studying uh, compassionate inquiry, right? The Gabor, Gabor, Gabor Mate school of it's a therapeutic approach where it specializes on childhood trauma and um, well, that's really what it specializes in childhood trauma and compassion to be able to go in there to see how are you living life through a, just a story or really, you know, from a felt sense of an open heart and connected. And not that you're getting rid of anything, but an awareness of of what holds you back and some of the, these um, these these situations that we get ourselves in. And then, you know, later on, we're, we're debating, like, why did I do that? One example was this lady who was in one of my groups. And the topic was, the topic was adoption. You know, and one of the, you know, when we do a lot of my retreats or in the the, the women's circles that I, that I, um, you know, that I facilitate or whenever we're doing some type of ceremony, there's always the ancestral work part of it, right? Where you say, I am the daughter of Grisela and Luis, and, you know, this is my lineage, and I always, you know, we always wonder, like, well, what if you hate your parents? What if you, they're just so fucking annoying and you don't want to get along with them and your grandparents were horrible? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but you still came through them. And there's still some mathematical thing that had to happen so that you would be able to come through into this earth, into this life. Um, you might be really happy to be here or not. But that's the lineage. That's the way you came through. And so that's one of the reasons why uh, we honor our, our ancestors. Our... And then from there, the work begins, right? The ancestral healing work begins. Like, how do I understand my my parents? And in this, in this podcast is really my mom. And then what do you do when you're adopted and you don't even know your mom? You know, and I have... Cousins that have been adopted, lots of friends that were adopted. I have friends that have adopted kids. And it's complicated. 
right? It's complicated. And one of the ladies in the class, a couple of weeks, she found out many, many years after her mom died that her mom had actually given up this child for adoption like years ago. All of a sudden she found out she had a sister. She found this, the, you know, she led to whether or not it was true. I guess it was true. And this sister of hers had, I suppose, like a, like a calm, privileged life. And the student, the, the lady that was in my class, had a horrible life with her mom. But this, you know, and she found out that her mom had to run away and, and do, uh, run off to one of those Catholic um, schools because, you know, she was pregnant out of wedlock. And she, you know, this is the this is what she said. She said, you know, and she found a Catholic school where they're very good at keeping secrets. She had the baby, gave the baby up for adoption, never saw the baby again. And then the student that's in my class had a horrible relationship with her mother. But when she found out about the divorce and studying all of this attachment and and trauma, and she understood that her mom couldn't bond with her. She was okay with her brothers, but couldn't really bond with her because she was like a representation of all of this horrible pain of having to to leave that baby. So it's not just the pain of the baby getting separated from the mom, but also this trauma from the mom having to leave the baby. Whether or not the mom was like, I can't do this right now, or or addicted to drugs, or or in a situation where she would be completely shamed and out cast from society she was pressured into giving the baby whatever the situation is um we have to consider like this brutal sorrow from the side of the mother as well so it's the mother separation and then the daughter's separation as well and what my friend was saying even though she grew up with her blood mom was that it was horrible and the thing she said specifically oh there's something in my glass here was um, she was saved from this, you know, like my, my sister, half sister who was adopted, she made it out of this horrible family. She made it like she was saved by this quote unquote adoption. So, you know, we don't really know, um, everybody's journey, but that wound of the mother uh, and in, in trying to, you know, to work through it and to work through it, um, this lady found herself in a Kundalini class. It's like a Kundalini program where they were doing some breath work, a lot of breath work. And Kundalini is a very, very powerful practice of, um, I mean, it's almost like being on psychedelics, really, when you practice Kundalini, because you have so much power inside of you. This breath work and these kriyas, which are like these repetitive movements activate like our body's like a it's like a battery right we're like an energy energetic energy field and when you do some of these breath work and these repetitive motions with these mantras your body like your energy center opens up to like life force coming through which is what kundalini is right it's just the life force is what's keeping us alive or what made us or whatever uh and and she had this experience where the teacher told her, look into your belly button, look into your top belly button. And her belly button, she just had this realization of like, that's the main source. Like it's the mother. 
and it was so beautiful and I connected to the mother and to my mother and and it was so powerful and um everybody look at your belly button and then you know I I began to feel really upset and triggered and um it was a beautiful experience for her but you know I, I always we always it's important to notice when someone's telling a story how it's triggering us how we're ma- how it's making us feel because it's never really about the other person or the story it's about our own story and when you know when she was saying that I began to get really like well wait a minute now you had this amazing experience of you know feeling this connection to the belly and this connection to your mother and but what about others that can't have that or if someone's adopted and definitely can't have that not that you can't have an experience about it but the thing that came up right there was like this is why we go into the temascal into the sweat lodge right they need be because that is or at least this is my theory right for for the mother wound and it's worked for me and it's worked for a lot of the people that i work with and i just think it's a beautiful process of when you go into the sweat lodge which is like you know if you've never been into a sweat lodge at temascal you go it's like this little hut which is represents the womb right the mother earth womb and you crawl inside and you're in the dirt and it's very very dark in there and we're pouring water over these hot lava rocks so it's full of steam there's all this like sweating and water and emotions and you're like inside the womb inside your belly it's like a repurif it's a rebirth it's a purification ceremony and when you're in there um something really magical happens. I mean, it's it's intense, it's hot, it's dark. It doesn't have to be that hot, but afterwards, like you, you know, when you're working with embodiment and practicing, I guess, like traditions or practices or medicine of that is in the earth, like right, earth-based stuff, there's something that happens that calms your nervous system automatically, right? Because we're made of the same minerals, the same the same everything elements that the earth is made of. And so when you're in this Tomascal and you're sweating and you're you're able to sing with the drum and of course there's somebody leading it talking about whatever theme it is, which is usually ancestors or your mother or your father. And when you come out of there, I began to notice through years and years and years of working with yoga and earth-based and just that the connection for me to Mother Earth is the most calming thing that I've ever felt. So, you know, just laying flat on your belly on this earth in this sweat lodge is like this way to remember who the real mother is. And whether or not you had a horrible relationship with your birth mom or you were adopted or or you're working on it, when you go to Mother Earth, you are so, like, held, sostenida, and there's... This is the real mother. This is why we're all alive. There's no other way we could be alive in this planet if it wasn't for her. And to have that as a grounding point of being held, of being accepted, of being completely just part of her, of this mother earth, outside the Temascal or on the ocean or up in the mountains, wherever you're outside with her, it is, I mean, the, the sweat lodge is very significant because you're actually inside her womb right 
And then from this, this tabase, like from this space, you can realize like, okay, I am wanted here. Life brought me to this place. I can regulate my body and calm myself outside on the ocean and uh, the sweat lodge and the earth out on the mountains. I belong to this mother. She is the true mother. You know, one time I, in a, and this came through to me in one of these, of course, you know, uh, plant medicine ceremonies where I was, I had an experience with Bufo, Maribarius, which is a, a DMT. And, you know, when I, when I came back from this crazy experience, you know, I was in on the earth laying there looking at the tree. Like I was literally like the trees were like an extension of me. I was, I felt like my arm was literally like when I lifted it up from the earth, like all of the roots stuck to it. And, and it was like, I was a part of it. I was a part of the tree. I was a part of the earth. And one of the things that came through was like, this is the real mother. This is the real mother. Everything else is an illusion. Um, I mean, we come through, right? I came through my mother's womb to come here. So we are these portals of magic. And then, but the real mother is the mother earth. And, and that can sound a little, you know, esoteric. I mean, I don't really think it's that esoteric. It's pretty real. Like this is why we're breathing here and the sun warms us up. And if it wasn't for the sun and the water, we'd, we'd die. But, and there's also that need to connect as mammals to, to our own, to our own caregivers, right? To our own mothers. And if you know anything about attachment theory and trauma, when the little baby doesn't have that one-on-one touch straight up to the mother or is getting nursed by the mother, um, there's there's the beginning of of this uh, really intense, uh, Gabra calls it like, well, not just Gabra, but a lot of the trauma um, teachers are like, it's called a panic, like it's like a grief panic. A grief panic. You leave a little baby in its crib, letting it cry it out because the doctor said, oh, okay, you're Let him cry it out till he falls asleep. And the baby is just, you know, his needs are not being met. And there's like this desperate cry for, please come pick me up. And as a mom, you want to go pick him up. But if the doctor said, no, you got to leave it because it's four hours or you're just super tired or you just can't deal and you have three other kids, for whatever reason, this baby, this baby has this, you know, this is when all the wiring is getting connected. And this is like before he could even talk and say, please come and pick me up for the, you know. And so there's like this grief panic that happens inside the body of this little baby. And as it's growing and there has more of these opportunities of disconnection and and really negligence, um, whether it be conscious or not, is usually not. Um, there's this level of disconnect. There's this like, I am not going to feel or need anymore because no one's going to come get me. No one's going to come help me. So we begin like this dissociation from our, from our little bodies because it's, it's too hard, you know? And if you, if you, there's these studies where, for example, you take, um, like the mother leaves the kitties for a little while, or you take the mother away from the cats when the cat comes back after a day or two or even a week. The cats don't even look at the mom. You know, they don't run to her right away because they're 
they have to be wary. Well, you left me, and now what? What? Well, are you going to leave again? And so there's like this, like this. It's almost like this, like protection, like this deep intelligence protection of not getting hurt. It's same thing with the baby. You know, you have a baby or the little kids, and oh, I'm going to go on a trip for a couple of weeks. The baby's fine. It's going to stay with grandmother. And when you come back, that child won't look at you straight up in the eye right away. Because it's now in this mode of protection. And this is the way the body works, right? This is where trauma comes from. And so you build these like layers. And maybe two or three weeks later, okay, you're back in connection. But you're always going to have that little layer of, "Mm, might she leave again? Mm, Might she lose her temper and hit me? Might she put me in the corner for, you know, five hours and forget that I was there? Um, or might she just be distracted? And here I am with these needs of attunement and of noticing an emotional connection. And mom's over there dealing with her own bullshit, which is why it's important, you know, when you're going to have kids to really, really create if to the degree that you can in a space where you're connected to earth, have a nice community to help, have done a shit ton of therapy, you know, rest when you can, but really know that you have a baby to be with the baby. Not to go to some freaking vacation three months after because you're done with it and you'll be back in a month. You know, it's like this, these, this hurried life now in modern, modern spaces is like, oh, the baby's an inconvenient. There's no space for even maternity leave. And really, it's like, you know, there's so many communities. The baby is, you know, it's on your back like two, three years even before it's hitting the ground. And so this this connection, like this protection, is some of the, I think, and it, and it has been definitely in my experience, this rejection of the mom. Because there's like this really, really intense, um, like a tug of war, like, I really, really love you, you're my mom, I want to connect, but also, fuck you, bitch, because you did this to me, and I don't like you. But I really, really need you, because you're my mom, and we're supposed to connect, and that's just the nature of things, and... And, you know, but also, you know, I don't know about this situation and this one and this one. And so there's this, there's like this tug of war, right? Where you really, and you can see it like, you know, when you're 13, 14, 15, when you're like, I hate you, mom, I hate you. Um, Because there is part of you that has this protection of everything that's happened prior to. Now you're 13, 14, you're trying to be like your own person and trying to, you know, express yourself and the hormones are coming through and here's your mom trying to tell you not to do this, not to do this, or maybe not specifically being a very good coach about life and in, in, in connection to your body. And so there's this constant now, there's like this rage. But I think this rage comes from since childbirth. It's just been adding up and now you're, you're in a place and maybe not, you know, a, a lot of women don't have this capacity to say, fuck you, I'm leaving, I'm raging, you know, a lot of, a lot of girls go inside and get depressed and stop eating and start cutting themselves or, I mean, there's, there's many ways in us as as adults and as, you know, as mothers, we need to really pay attention and be in tune. Oh, you know, these kids, they just want to be all day on the phone. They're fine. No, no, you don't, you know, we need to, Realize, like, there's no way you're going to be fine all day locked up in your room. 
with your phone all alone. We're not we're not supposed to be all alone at 11, 12, 13, 14. There's some shit going on. And it's important for us to dig and do our own work so then we can go, you know, be in tune with what the kid is going through. And um, you know, this 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 connection has even more friction when the mom doesn't have the what the fuck and she's like, wait, you got it. you know, I'm I'm you're requiring these kids to come and do what you want. And they're over here with this disconnect, trying to hate you and I hate you. And I mean, just the point I'm trying to make is I cut through all of that. And this podcast is really more about this attachment, this connection that we need, like this, you know, hugging, like when you have a sweet little kitty and the kitty just comes up and rubs his neck against you or like a little baby, this connection is so important to our well-being as adults because if we didn't have it, then the body remembers we didn't have it. And it's walking at a frequency where it's going to seek other relationships that are kind of mimicking the same shit. So you can check, you know, like, you know, who are you hanging out with or, or how are your other relationships or or what do you put up with that, you know, maybe isn't right. And then, you know, when my mom had her stroke, uh, she kind of had to slow down like 70% of her usual tactics, of her usual way of being. And uh, when I was able to actually connect with her was after a big, a lot of work and a lot of, you know, like Hoffman process, ayahuasca, even that toad, even that sapito, not to the, the bufo ex- experience. I came back and I realized, oh, mama, you're like this other woman. Like you're this other woman and I can connect to you like sister to sister. Like we are all daughters of this earth, right? I'm going to drop this little story of you have to be my mother in this and this and this way. And you fuck. I was just able to connect straight on, straight on with her as woman to woman, child to child, you know, and from there, kind of understand, oh, this is what happened. Your life must have been so intensely beautiful, but also very disconnected from that attachment, that mammal part that we really need, that animal connection. Because, you know, my mom wasn't breastfed either, and it was very much, you know, great, sweet family, but nannies. I mean, if it wasn't for my nanny, I don't know what the fuck I would have done. I'm sure... I would have made it, but I also know that Irene had a great part of giving me that connection. And we weren't rich by any means. We just lived in Mexico City and, you know, um, just middle class people always had someone to help. And Irene would like take me to ballet class and pick me up from school. She'd give us her bath every night, make us our meals and always in tune like laughing at our jokes, connecting, very much present there. And I think um, she had a lot to do with my, or this nervous system of mine, be able to have this, uh, more of this attachment. I'm not saying I didn't have any attachment to my mom, I'm sure. I mean, I know I did, but but the the trauma part of it, you know, is being a baby or is being like um, conditionally loved, right? If you behave, you're welcome. If you don't, you're not. Um, if you're funny, then mom's okay. But if you're not, mom's in a bad mood. Like this disconnect, which is 
pretty much inevitable, I think, for everyone. But the trauma part that sticks in the body is what gets healed and released in the sweat lodge, dancing outside in front of the fire, doing yoga, doing movement classes, you know, um, consciously realizing that you have choices now and that you can rewire these these nervous, you know, these patterns of a freeze and a fear that came to protect you when you were a little baby, a little girl, 10, 13, 14, you know. And when my mom died, I had, you know, I was in a way, I was in like this space of really honoring who she had, you know, who she was, honoring and and realizing everything she put up with and put through and got through and the judgment from my end stopped, like, just shut the fuck up already. You know, she did the best she could and it was great. And I'm doing all this work now because of this trauma freeze mode, which is nothing to blame anyone for. It's just my own awareness of what I want because I want to live more connected and more empowered and more free in my body. And you can't do that by bypassing and and staying in this. Remember earlier I talked about how there's like this this like tug of war where they're like, well, I can't really say my mom did this because that would be unfaithful. And, you know, it's mom and, you know, and, but if you don't accept that that's part of it and you're not like dismissing your mother, you're not getting rid of anything. You're not being a horrible person. You're just bringing it out to light. We all fucked up. I have some clients that tell me a lot of my women clients, but I'm such a good mother. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, there is no such thing as a good mother. It's a present mother. We're in the present. Right now, I'm doing the best I can with the tools and the healing that I've accomplished in myself. And that's what I'm offering. But everyone's going to be messing some shit up here. You know, one of the biggest things that ever has impacted me in my life was when my mom apologized to me one day. Out of the blue, she just called and said, man, I'm really sorry if I fucked it up. I thought I was doing the right thing. And if I hurt you in any way, and if I, you know, it, you know, ask many things of you that they that weren't yours, or if I did whatever I did wrong, she said, I'm really sorry. Random call one day out of the blue, my mom did that. And I mean, at first I couldn't really digest it. I was like, what the what is she saying this? You know. Um, but it was an impactful call. And so if you have a child out there who's struggling when you talk to them. Um, it might be helpful to just say, you know, hey, I'm sorry if I ever fucked up or or if, you know. And yeah, the kid might come on. Well, yeah, because you did this and this and this and this and this. And okay, well, can you just sit and listen? I remember we did this trip, uh, a family trip, my kids and, and Julio and I. It was a four-day uh, beach trip. And for the first two days... All I heard from my child, my daughter was, and you did this and you did this and you, and she kept going and going and going and going. You know, her brother was like, all right, already stop. You know, and I just say, you know, let her go. I said, just let it go. Rip it. Bring it in. Um, please say it. Also, you know, we were walking in a lot of grief. My mom had died and my mom was very, very close to my daughter, my firstborn. And so she, you know, and, and anyway, I said, just, you know, bring it to me. I didn't get to say all of this until my mom was almost about to die. So just say it. By day three, 
she had gotten all that out, all of it out. Um, I hadn't really, I mean, I knew some of the, some of the things she was saying were probably like, well, that's maybe your perspective. Maybe your dad has something to do with that or grandma or, or the society or school. But I just sat there and listened. And by day three, she broke down and said, I love you so much. I'm just, you know, I'm sorry. And we connected in a different level. And I said, it's fine. I know I fucked up. There's no fucking way. Everyone's a perfect mom. But I'm a present mom now. I'm present for, for your pain. If that's what wants to come through. Instead of, don't say that. Don't, you know, you, you can't be disrespecting me as a mother. Blah, 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 blah. How dare you ungrateful? Which is usually what moms do when you come and tell them about how, how you're feeling. And that was her reality and those were her emotions. And I was pretty grounded enough to 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 let it rip, you know, and to hear it. And um, and then like the rest of the vacation went very, very differently. It was like a hundred, like a 360 degree mood switch. And, you know, when we are present to listen and to, to just be with other people's experience and pain without fighting it or deflecting it. Um, then we actually help the kids, you know, because usually we're defending <laughs> because we haven't done our own work and this trauma, like, like this, this freeze mode, once, when, when you start doing like therapy or more sweat lodges or plant medicine or really like somatic work, I really think you have to do somatic work. I really think talk therapy is it's not really that great. I mean, maybe you can start with it, but it's after a while you got to go to somatics because everything is in the body. And when you start to realize that these freeze modes that you've been protecting yourself with start to melt and melt and melt, it's really intense at first because you start to remember and feel these deep sorrows, these panic griefs, the, you know, these grief panics that I mentioned at the beginning start to come through. I mean, I've had moments doing this work where it was like, oh my Shit, that was so fucking intense. It was so scary. That was so painful. And but now you know I have I have I have resources. I have the resource of breath and earth and temascal and 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 a pretty tight community of healers that I hang with and and I have Julio and so and my you know my own um therapist who I see like every three weeks no matter what. And that has helped me to be okay in this powerful opening of what needs to be felt. It needs to be felt. And as I begin to open into this, which also, by the way, is a slow process. It's a slow process. If anybody out here that's working with me, you know, they come to my house for somatic compassion inquiry sessions, which, by the way, I highly recommend, you know that this is a slow process. But I mean, we touch into it pretty quickly, but also we don't have to stay in it for that long. We have to have compassion, compassion, compassion. And so the compassion comes in, how? Why? Because it was so intense as this little baby and your protection is so fucking brilliant and it just powers you up. And now that we're beginning to feel it, and how do we begin to even feel it you know you have to get past the drinking and the pills and the popping of distractions 
And when you begin to really do that work is when now you can, I have now been able to connect to this, you know, and in shamanic journeys or mindfulness meditations, I've had like these visions of actually a deep connection now to this belly button, to this mother. And I mean, sometimes I can see my mom in there. Sometimes I just see mother earth. Sometimes I just see this beautiful, like Kuan Yin, like most compassionate goddess and, but it doesn't matter because the sensation is the same and the outpouring of this love that I am, that I now know that I am and I can say, whereas 10 years before, 15 years before, 30 years before, I just wouldn't have thought it. I mean, I just saw this picture of my sister, my dad and I, and I think I'm probably nine years old in the photo. And I'm smiling and I looked at the photo and I was like, oh, I'm your Galina. Like, that's such a sweet little girl. I never thought of myself as a sweet little girl when I was that age. You know, it was always like, um, is this the right outfit? Is my hair fucked up? I mean, you know, when you're out there playing, climbing a tree, you don't, you're not thinking about it. But in general, as a, you know, as that, you know, as me telling myself, waking up in the morning, oh, you're so beautiful, Grace. I love you. It's going to look at your sweet little girl. I mean, I didn't, you know, no, that just wasn't a thing. But now it's a thing. And now it's a very powerful thing. And so there's all these workshops about the inner child and your little girl and um, lots of books about it. And it's very important, I think, to do, a, a, you know, dive into those and read about those. And it's very great work. But somatics is, I guess, is the step of really, and this is the thing with trauma work. Right. This is why it's so intense, because you begin to not just in your mind go in and say, oh, I love you, little girl. And oh, I wish I was there with you. I do a visualization of going in the little girl and accompany you. Yes, we, we have to do that. But then as we begin to work either in somatic practice or plant medicine or meditation, meditation is really the best. If you don't want to do plants, meditation is where it's at, because you can get to the same levels, I believe. It just takes more discipline and, and it's, you know, but it's a beautiful practice to do regardless. And in these, these mindfulness meditations, you begin to feel the body because sometimes people meditate to get out of the body. And I just want to stop everything and go travel into the ether. And that can be a lot of fun, but we're living in the body. We're living in the body right here, right now through the body. And this is the body that gets hungry and is tired and laughs and looks at the fire and wonders what is fire. And this is the body that wants to hug someone and then get rid of that hug right away because of our attachment or really is okay with hugging and just becoming more and more in tune with the needs and the regulation of the nervous system and this attachment that maybe wasn't so great when we were little, but we get to rewire, we get to redo, we get to heal. Healing is possible for anybody. And so now, you know, this mother wound, which is so intense, we can have resources, right? And we we can't just say, when the mom does the right thing, then I'll be okay with her. Or fuck her, I don't, you know, I'm never going to love her. She has her own bullshit to deal with. But we have these resources of Mother Earth and the minerals and the sand and the sweat lodge and 
stepping up and seeing this bigger picture of who the real mother is and then working in the body with this with this protective nervous system thing there's like a rechazo right like the how do you say rechazo like this rejection of i i'm i don't like you because you hurt me so much but also you're the mom i have to i would like to connect with you right so this this <laughs> this disconnection how do we get it back first we we use our resources you know, you go to, to SCP, Somatic Experience Practice, you go to Compassionate Equity, you go to women's circles, find a good woman's circle. Um, um, we're going to have some here in my backyard coming up now that now that the weather is nicer uh, once a month. Because when you're in these other women's circles, it's like, and it's like you're remothering yourself through other women. And from there, you can learn and expand and maybe understand and have some compassion for your own mom and see, you know, the bullshit she had to go through and the disconnect that she had, you know, and we're, and which is why it's important to repair. Otherwise, we're repeating and hurt people are going to hurt people and hurt people can also change. You know, I remember my mom one time, I was young and I was in this band and she didn't like me wearing purple hair and you know, up on the stage singing. And she did say to me one day, she's like, you don't even know how to sit. <laughs> I remember looking at her like, whoa, what a bitch. I'm like, oh yeah, you watch me, lady. You watch me. I'm going to get signed and I'm going to show you. And I'm gonna... and I did. I did. I kept singing, you know, did the whole record deal, traveled around. And then, of course, I quit. And then I had other moments of singing here. I mean, I quit that, the rock thing. It was just, it's hard to be there while you're in recovery for me. And then in, but you know, there was other opportunities to sing. And then finally, you know, when we did this, um, there's a documentary called Resist, which is about this resisting, resistance um, revival chorus that we were a big, a part of. And my mom had her stroke and she wanted to come sing with me. And I, I told her, I'm like, oh, remember you used to say I couldn't sing? And, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. And it was just her pain from her not being able to maybe do what the fuck she wanted when she was, you know, 19 years old or 20. And um, those comments are pretty intense. Those comments help this protector of, oh, fuck you. I am not going to talk to you, you know, leave me alone. And so every time we could apologize, I think it's a good idea. And then repair. How do you repair? By going in and doing your own work. By going in and rekindling and connecting to the real Mother Mother Earth. And, and then from there, you know, understanding i think a lot of the times we use this word like forgive let it go and forgive and those can be pretty loaded words i mean sometimes it's hard to forgive a mom that allowed uncle jimmy to abuse you the fuck is wrong with you i'm not gonna forgive you fuck you but if i do the work i can understand that you were in freeze mode and that you were not able to move from that and you were so fucking scared that that was just you didn't have the capacity, but I can understand that. And from that understanding, I can have this freedom, this liberation of like, all right, I will have other mothers. I will connect to earth, but not necessarily I forgive you. Now, if you can get to that and that's your gig and that's, that's wonderful. Maybe that's the next part. 
after understanding. Um, but I, you know, I do think in forgiveness needs to be a felt sense more than just a cognitive thing. And if we don't understand it and get into our bodies and begin to feel it, um, then it's just, we're just saying it to say it because it's the thing to do. Like, you know, like going to church, oh, forgive those that hurt you, just like the God forgive, blah, blah, blah. And that's, it's like very, it's very technical and it's very just, it's just a thought, but it doesn't process in the body, which is still why we still fight. And we're like, mom calls and it's like, oh no, she's calling again, you know? But I thought you forgave her. It's bullshit. It has to be felt. And we have to train this embodiment little by little. And by dancing, by releasing, by 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 being super, 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 super extremely compassionate with ourselves and understanding uh, that this compassion, we're offering it to that little baby that had the grief panic. I'm pretty sure we all had that grief panic at some point. I mean, unless your mom carried you, uh, you know, like the whole two, three years in nursery and, and was completely in tune. And hopefully, you know, that was your experience. I know people have had that experience. Not everybody has this, this, you know, a deep wound, but we can understand now and have compassion for those that did, including myself, including, you know, maybe including you. I don't know. And if you're a mother and you're listening to this and you're thinking that this is a bunch of bullshit, well, I would say maybe, you know, think twice about that and check what's coming up in your body. You know, like a tension or the jaw is getting tighter or your shoulders are coming up towards your ears and there's a knot in your stomach. Your body is saying something. And that's how we begin this embodiment, by tuning in to the sensations of the body. And the sensations, not the thoughts, you know. Oh, I feel good. Well, what does is, what is good feel like? You know, it's, it's a little bit of work. It's a little bit of training, but it's definitely worth it because that's why we're here. We're here to feel. We're here to live. And it's the non-feeling and the suppressing of emotions that has us full of anxiety and depression and horrible moods and tuning out. So we want to tune in so we can live a life of liberation, of sensing, and of supporting each other because even this could be intense. I mean, feeling is no joke. So little by little, here we go. Um understanding their mothers and working with this mother wound. And that's, you know, those are my, I guess my words of, of possibility, right? That we connect to the true mother earth. And from that resource, we can understand what happened to our own mothers and have compassion to for what we're doing if we have kids. And Keep an eye out here for the upcoming women's circles here at my house and on the Instagram. Also, if you know I'm offering compassionate inquiry sessions, if you want to work with me, you can send me a message or go through my webpage and we can connect. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please make sure to share this with everybody. 
so that we can get the word out that there is possibility in tales of recovery. Bye.